Hello and welcome to this episode of the Event Manager Podcast, the podcast for curious event professionals who want to stay ahead of the game by hearing from the leading innovators in the event industry. My name is Miguel Neves, and I'm the editor-in-chief of EventMB. In this episode titled Event Success, I have the pleasure of speaking with Alan Elroy, the co-founder of Bizabo. The main topic of our conversation is the book that Alan wrote along with his fellow Bizabo co-founders, Event Success, Maximizing the Business Impact of In-Person, Virtual, and Hybrid Experiences. We also talk about how the best consumer experiences today are hybrid. We talk about how, more than ever, event planners are understanding the value of data. We talk about why a great event is an impactful event. And we talk about why a hybrid event strategy is necessary in the current climate of uncertainty. And finally, we talk about why a successful event in the future involves creating completely unique experiences for every single participant. I hope you enjoy listening to this conversation, and I invite you to check out the other episodes of the Event Manager podcast. All of them include tips and insights from today's most influential event professionals. You can find all the episodes on our website, or you can subscribe through your favorite podcast service. Now for a word from our sponsors, PHL Life Sciences, a division of the Philadelphia Convention and Visitors Bureau. Host your convention or trade show in Philadelphia, one of America's leading life sciences hubs. PHL Life Sciences, the first and only CVB division of its kind, will connect you to the professionals at the forefront of your industry and to a culture you can only find in Philadelphia. A city known for its rich history that's forging a bright future, Philadelphia challenges the expected and defies convention. A world of discovery is waiting. Visit phllife.com to learn more. Welcome to this episode of the Event Manager Podcast. I am delighted to be joined by Alan Alroy, the co-founder of Visibo. Alan, thank you so much for, for joining us today. Thank you so much, Miguel. It has been a, a pleasure watching Event MB, and I'm really delighted to, to be speaking with you today. Perfect. I'm sure we're going to enjoy this conversation a lot. Um, you are one of three co-founders of Visibo. Uh, but I know that there is a life before that in the Israeli Air Force, and there's uh, lots of different kind of academic activities. Could you fill us in a little bit of kind of the journey, uh, your journey, um, particularly how it relates to events and to Bisbo? Of course. So, yes, I uh, grew up in Israel over the past um, 10 years. I've been living in New York with my family since the day, the early days of Bisbo. You're right, before Bizabo, um, I did serve in the Israeli Air Force for um, a good amount of time. And before that, I studied business and law, and I got familiar with the startup scene as an investment analyst. And it was pretty clear to me that I belonged to the other side of the table, the entrepreneur side. And when I had the opportunity to meet Boaz and Naran, my two co-founders at this entrepreneurship program at school, it was a match made in heaven. We realized that um, we have a very good click among us that we think similarly on entrepreneurship and mainly on people, which while we were working on another startup, we started going to a lot of events. And unlike maybe other event entrepreneurs who started by organizing events, we actually started by trying to solve our own problems of networking at events. And then we just discovered this magical opportunity and market that we thought was somewhat broken. And that was 2012. We decided to ditch that other startup we worked on that was pretty similar to Airbnb at the time and decided to help get um, people closer together and again, over time, Bizabo went through a lot of uh, pivots and all kinds of other interesting stuff. But uh, to your question, it was mainly our passion around bringing people together to achieve great things and not necessarily, we, we have not grown up in the event industry. And I think oftentimes it's actually an advantage to look at things from the outside in order to disrupt it from the inside. 
Absolutely. And, and for those people who are not so familiar with this book, could you take us a little bit through the, the journey of, you know, since 2012, I think you mentioned um, various pivots. Um, what was the kind of original product, I guess, and concept and, and could maybe some, some milestones along, along the way, if you could guide us through that? Sure. So Visible launched in July 2012 as an event networking app. At the time, we were one of the event app pioneers alongside companies like uh, Double Dutch and Quick Mobile. Our approach at the time was that it was very expensive and it required a lot of work to actually create an event app. And that became the expectation to have an event app. So we created this event app generator in a way that you add your event details within a few minutes you actually have an app for your event. And over time, we realized that um, attendees really love it. Attendees are starting to expect that from every event. And after two years in, really observing the market and listening to our customers, we realized that while attendees love it for event organizers, the networking problem was a nice to have problem, but not a billion dollar problem, meaning they cared more about running the event, about filling the room. And over time, we understood that in order to become a very meaningful player that is, that is really changing uh, the event technology space, we need to go off to something bigger. And around 2015, we evolved into what we called at the time an event success platform, which is more of an event management um, suite. And um, I, I think over time, we saw that that was a pretty successful uh, pivot. Uh, there are almost no more independent event app companies. So we were pretty fast to identify that the big opportunity is part of a, a platform. Over the years, we pivoted our business model. There was a time in which we were similar to Eventbrite in terms of charging per ticket fee. And after some time, understanding who is our ideal customer profile, we understood that a B2B SaaS motion is the right fit for us. And of course, during the pandemic, March 2020, as a company that served in-person live events, we faced um, similar things that uh, the event technology space or other event organizers faced in which we had to reinvent ourselves. We were in a survival mode. And within a month, we took uh, two pretty meaningful decisions. One is to do the responsible thing financially and uh, part ways or put on temporary leave around 25% of the company. And the second thing is to bet on virtual events. We're talking about March 6th, in which we're starting to get dozens and hundreds of emails from all of our customers asking to freeze their account and to send us uh, letters from lawyers and so on and so on. And we decided we need to go back to startup days and make sure we can provide value to our customers during this uncertain time. And within two and a half weeks on March 22nd, we announced that we are launching a solution for virtual events, honestly, before we knew whether virtual events will actually become a thing. Um, so that was a very meaningful pivot in the life of the company. And within two months, we understood based on the numbers and revenue that we're definitely onto something and we rehired everyone we could, which is almost all of them and start to grow very fast. And um, from a company of uh, 115 people on May, 2020, uh, we're now a company of 420. So a lot, a lot has happened, including some acquisitions. And throughout that time over the past year, we realized that um, this era is so unique and people are striving for knowledge on how to thrive in this new era. And we decided that after speaking with thousands of event planners, we saw that we have a pretty strong POV on, on the future and decided to write a book on it in order to help the industry and the community. And it was a pretty fun process. Interesting. So you see you in your mind, the, the writing of the book and the releasing of the book is sort of part, a natural part of the process. It doesn't sound like a, a startup pivot or, or a technology decision, right? I think it's, it's, it's a very different type of proposal. Definitely. And I think we, you know, we've been part of the 
the event industry, the community for the past 10 years. So it really feels to us as if we're not a technology vendor, we're really part of it. We're, we were impacted by it. We, we were there side by side with customers and, and the industry to really reinvent and, and come up with new models and so on. So for us, it was a very natural thing to do that really aligned with how we thought about the world and our own evolution. Mm -hmm. And uh, we just put that in writing and allowed also many of our customers and partners to have a voice and to bring their stores to life. So we thought that, yes, it will, of course, serve us as a business, but mainly it would really allow us to advocate for many of the things we believe in. So tell me a little bit about the book at, at you know, on a very basic level. What is it about? I see COVID, I see data, engagement, hybrids, community and design are all chapters, topics. Uh, they're all kind of buzzwords, I think, in the industry. Um, tell us how you kind of were able to, to bring that together and, and, and what are you kind of putting a stake in time with, uh, with the book? Sure. So the title of the book is Event Success. And that is honestly the main, the main narrative of the book. We, we put a spotlight on different um, areas, domains, stories that at the end of the day are all about to help you run more successful and impactful events. Um, it starts with just why events to level set on the importance of what we do and how we even got here. So we go, we'll go back in time actually to trace how it all started and the importance of events today and kind of like imagine a little bit how events could look like post-COVID. And then we address some of the gaps we identified in a hybrid world, not getting into hybrid formats. Like in a hybrid world, we live in a hybrid world right now, right? We, we all, some of the best consumer experiences are hybrid. When you get a package from Amazon, you order it on your phone within two hours, sometimes you get it through the door. Same thing with an Uber experience, a Peloton experience, or so some of the best experiences out there are hybrid. So we try to identify what are the gaps in order for the event industry to thrive in a hybrid world. So the main challenges that we identified and we address in the book are related to, um, to data that yes, while digital is providing us with way more digital footprint, and so on, it is still an ongoing challenge to prove ROI, to understand the data. We talked there about uh, an event data maturity model and so on. The other one is um, engagement, which is, yeah, you're definitely right. It is a, it is a buzzword, but it, it is also the holy grail of, of events. How do you actually drive that? How do you um, drive emotions that will then translate into action? So. In data, we talk about the maturity curve, tools, best practices, case studies. On the engagement chapter, we talk about the different event formats, some best practices on how to drive engagement. We then zoom into content delivery, community, experience design, which is becoming this amazing discipline that uh, will definitely modify how event experience managers think. Then we talk about people and process because we believe that one of the biggest disruptions over the past two years is actually about the role itself. And I think that was just, a, the pandemic was just a big accelerator for something that was supposed to happen. Then we have a chapter about uh, event technology. When you sum up all of these, it is just in a way a summary of many stories of real event professionals and leaders, us just being a good listener and putting that into, into writing with our two cents on top of it. But uh, it's a guide for those who want to succeed in the future, who wants to stay um, up to date with everything that's going on. It is mainly on, about uh, leading a conversation in a way, a movement from event management to event experience, event success, et cetera. Fascinating. Um, so it's, I get the feeling that it's not specifically or not necessarily for uh, event planners or event industry professionals. Are you looking at a, at a sort of wider audience or is it a, a book that every event planner should have in their library? 
One, I do think it's a book that every event professional should have in the library, but Alex, I do think that every marketer should read that too. I believe that those two worlds will be more intertwined than ever before over the next few years. And overall, I truly believe that events are just on their way to become the most meaningful marketing channel possible. So if you want to be successful in a marketing career, you need to truly understand events, the history, the present, mm -hmm. and the future, because again, it is becoming the most meaningful marketing channel and there's no better way to truly dive in and understand the different forces and motions and trends and perspectives in order to do that. And why do you feel that a book is the right way to do this? You know, it's such a it's such a busy, noisy world. There's more and more content everywhere. But you decided to create a a paper book. There is also the you know the the online the the ebook, of course. But why did you feel that the book was the way to go forward? It, it seems to be a an interesting path for, for three kind of entrepreneurs very much in, in, event, in the event tech space. I believe that um, there were really tectonic shifts happening within the event industry, which these tectonic shifts create a very big opportunity. Um, I, I think it's a very special moment in time. Like in many other times, usually disruption creates opportunity. And to capture that moment in time by writing some of the concepts, by documenting and being very intentional about some of the changes that we want to see allows the community hopefully to get inspired and to lead a an important conversation. For example, one of these conversations that we talk about in the book that it is not just about the book, we also talk about it on our blog and anywhere we can is to really um, drive this big change from having the event planner or the event organizer focus on event management, logistics, planning, budgeting, to something that is way more holistic, which is event experience. And we truly believe that unless event professionals go through that, um, go through the chasm in a way and understand that they need to reinvent themselves in order to be relevant in this new hybrid world, it will not happen. So we just start the conversation through the book because a book at the end of the day, we're all humans to hold something in your hand, which is a real book. You give, you give it more credibility, you give it more love and attention, specifically at the time in which our attention span is so limited. So it is not something that we, it is that important that should, it should be wrapped in a book versus just another blog post, another tweet and so on. But it is not a book in silo, it is part of, of a big, very intentional thing we're trying to lead, which is the shift from event management to event experience in a way. And is this what you describe as event experience? Is this event design uh, or is it a sort of, is it a different discipline? I think event experience is, um, when, when you think about even the category, and I'll go back maybe now to event technology just for a minute, our category was described since the early 2000s as event management software. When you think about the name of it, just that narrows you down to event management. When you think about event experience, it suddenly opens you up to a whole new category. That category includes not just to manage the event. When you think about the experience, you're starting to think about the outcomes, you're, st you're starting to think about engagement, you're starting to think about ongoing value community, the journey itself, so only two words, but I, I think those event experience consists of the key ingredients of the future of the industry. Because when we think about the professionals, they should be the experience drivers, those who are actually leading the experience. And when experiences are all around us at events, it's the attendee experience, the sponsor experience, the content consumption experience. And we live in an experience economy like experience economy, even as a, a tech entrepreneur, these days we're not trying to optimize for product market fit. We're really trying to optimize for an experience market fit. It's a, a step above. And that is the same evolution that we're going through as an industry from event managers seeing themselves as 
I'm in, I'm trying to make sure that the event goes smoothly. It's really not about that. It's about I'm in charge of making sure that the experience is amazing and that experience is being translated into actions and insights and business results. Makes sense. You you mentioned one thing that I wanted to expand a little bit. You mentioned the changes that you want to see. Could you describe a little bit of what you mean by that? What are those changes and 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 what do you think would be the outcome if if those changes did take place? When we think about again the event manager uh, becoming an event experience manager, it means that uh, one, we need to understand that new skills are required in order to be successful in the future. Over the past two years, we saw an amazing thing that uh, so many people learned new skills and technologies that you have no choice but to truly understand broadcasting and video in order to be an event professional these days. You have no choice but to truly understand technology at a different level, like the times in which someone on the team can deal with that event app like those times are not relevant anymore because of the dependency in event technology. Event technology became the venue. When you think about it just three years ago, you could run an event, the tech could go down, you can still run your event with disruptions, but there will be a speaker on stage, there'll be food and the venue and catering, et cetera, et cetera. Today, if the tech goes down, it's like you're locking 10,000 people outside the venue without the key in the cold, and there is no event. Because of that, every event professional must really elevate their technology understanding because without that, they cannot run events. They cannot be successful. So a change in skill and change in how event teams are even built and are even managed. And a change in how we measure success because the shift to virtual events, virtual hybrid, data became way more available, meaning the demands to prove ROI are becoming more sophisticated. So you need to really truly understand behavior and how to measure it and how to prove value and analytics. So these are all things when you compare it to just three years ago are very different. Yes, we always talked about event ROI, but it has a new meaning these days. As as we as as events are becoming more digital, yeah, very interesting points there. Just picking up on, on that idea of event ROI, one of the things we hear a lot from technology companies is this idea that planners uh, are very used to the level of analytics and measurement that they can get from um, virtual events or from the online side of events, and now they want to have access to the same thing for physical events. Um, is that something that you're seeing and, and is that realistic in your mind or how do you see empowering planners to be able to do that? I, I think that those um, event professionals who ask for it or who are passionate, passionate about replicating all of the data the data goodness that they got over the past year. And when they go now back to in-person events, they suddenly miss that and understand their value of having it. I think that is the right thinking. It is a, it will be complicated, but I have, I have no doubt that within a few years, this will be the norm. And you're gonna think twice about an in-person experience. Part of your playbook would be, how do I actually measure that? I'll, I'll deviate a little bit from um, from the book, like one of the acquisitions we, we did over the past um, few months is a company called Click, which when you think about it, we already had on-site technology that you know meets all, all of the needs you can think of in terms of checking people in and checking people to sessions and so on and so on. When you try to analyze, okay, so why did Visible did that acquisition, if they already had it, we did it exactly to answer the questions of these people. When we think about the future, when we think about a hybrid world in which we want people to move fluidly between in-person to virtual and so on, and to have data to replicate that experience, you need to have a lot of technology powering your in-person events. So we call the company with 
smart wearables that is creating actually a lot of digital footprints when you're on site in order to then provide you with all of these analytics about their um, interests, their engagements, to allow both them and their uh, and the organizer and the sponsors and exhibitors and so on to take a very data-driven approach to in-person events as well. So I think the organizers who are asking about it are smart, advanced organizers, and this is how the future would look like. And how confident are you that that's going to happen? Um, and I don't want to add doubt in any way, but I, I think we've we've gone pre-pandemic, we went through a period where wearables and beacons and things like that were a big hype. I remember installing them at shows and events, and then they sort of went away a little bit. There wasn't as much focus. And I had experiences where we were hoping to get a certain level of data and it didn't really materialize. You know, the, the, the beacons weren't quite fine-tuned enough or the technology wasn't quite there. You know, are we, are we there yet with the technology or, or is there just more acknowledgement of that sort of potential and that will be enough to drive it forward? I think that's a great question. And like many um, technologies um, here too, it, probably a few years ago when both of us remember, you know, beacons and the level of effort and cost you had to invest to install all of it. When you compare that to the ROI you would get, it was not high enough. So over time, Pilon said, you know what? I can actually run a successful event without it. I think with what we're seeing now, um, the cost to implement is getting lower and lower because of the advancements of technology and the capabilities of our smartphones. So I do um, project that this will be more of a commodity over the next few years and something you just expect to have as part of your on-site software that in any case, you need to have people on the ground and some technology. So it will just be an out-of-the-box thing. Yes, it will, it will be like a premium experience, but I do think that we were, the beacon era was a little bit early to market. And I have no doubt that over the next few years, um, it will be a reality. Maybe not in every event, but five years, five years ahead, definitely. Interesting. Just going back to the book for a second, I, I noticed that technology, tech partners, really anything to do with tech kind of only comes at the end of the book. It's only the last couple of chapters. Um, was that an intentional thing? Are you sort of, you know, I guess in a way, try and provide the readers with as much value as you can before you sort of demonstrate what you could do? Or, or were there other reasons to really kind of put tech uh, in, in the last few chapters? I think you know, we, call, we named the book Event Success intentionally. It was not about um, event technology or you know, the future of event tech or anything of that sort, because we believe that technology in a way is just a mean to a goal. Technology is, is not the goal. And when you think about what is the goal, the goal is to run successful and impactful events. You do that by having a strategy, by truly understanding how to measure it, by following best practices, making sure that um, you have the right content, you think about your community strategy and engagement and so on. And then you need the technology to help make that happen. So logically, people oftentimes maybe think that I just need to have the right tech to run a successful event. It's just not the case. The, the tech is the final, the last thing you need. You first need to have a strategy to understand who's your audience, um, what is the expected outcome? And then you find the technology to make it happen. So it just uh, follows a very natural um, order of, of, of thinking in my mind, even as an event technology entrepreneur. Makes sense. And I, I, I definitely agree with the approach. I always find um, starting with deciding the technology is, is, the, is the wrong way around to do it. Although I do think there is a value in understanding what the possibilities are. You know, if you don't know what event tech can do, then you might also not understand, you know, the, the options that you might have ahead. 
Are you ready to celebrate your successes in the world of meetings and events? The Skift Meetings Awards are back for 2024, recognizing the most innovative business events companies across 15 categories, and we want you to be a part of it. Winners will feature on Skift Meetings, sending a clear signal to events professionals around the world that these are partners they can rely on. The final deadline for submissions is June 11th. We encourage you to start your submission today to secure the best entry rates. For more information and to start your submission, head to live.skift.com. If, if I don't know if you're planning to write a, a follow-up book or if there's more kind of things that didn't make the edit this time, but do you have any ideas for a follow-up book? And if so, would there be a kind of next title in mind? That's a, that's a fun question. Um, I guess that um, we're very passionate about expanding on the event experience category and, and, and economy. I guess a good title would be the the event experience economy in a way to really try and analyze that whole shift that I talked about earlier and that we're diving into throughout the book. Like, what does that actually mean and how the world of events would look like when we capture experience and we are really doubling down on that um, dif through different lengths of the event ecosystem of different stakeholders? I think that would make a good book. So there you go. Excellent. And, and do you mean in the sense of, you know, having a parent experience managers becomes a, a new job title, a new role, a new kind of uh, part of the uh, event industry ecosystem in a sense, and, and that generates its own, I guess, economy and, and, and its own structure? Correct. And what, what, what are some of those um, changes that that shift is, is, is driving? Like, how do we now think about sponsorships in an experience economy? How do we think about content in an experience economy? How do we think about engagement in an experience economy when it's not just about a, an event management functionality or check the box, it's really about driving experience, measuring experience. So I do think that um, exploring that can be very interesting and we're just scratching the surface around it um, on, on this first book. Interesting. Well, yeah, I, I think there's always things that don't, don't make the final edit, right? So I'm sure that there's other uh, other content there. So we talked about the event experience, you know, creating experiences rather than sort of managing events. I think that's a, an excellent kind of way to, to phrase it. Um, if you could describe just in general terms, um, and you can use examples if you want, but when you when an event goes from good to great, you know, when when an event really kind of I don't know, breaks the mold or does something that really makes it stand out. Can you identify kind of the types of things that, that have to happen um, for it to really become a great event? So I, I truly think, and maybe it's not surprising that I uh, know we, we do that for a living, but the events are, are magical and, and, and amazing. And um, I'm very proud to to advocate for, for events in, in a very digital world that is becoming you know, super flat and relationships are becoming flat. I think anyone who work on events to drive more of them, to bring people together, whether it is in person or virtually, I think it's a very positive thing to the world. Good events versus great events, I would probably replace the world good to impactful, meaning like, we need to go from good to impactful. Like great in my mind means impactful. Impactful mean that um, any stakeholder who is attending or sponsoring or speaking at or organizing need to feel, and, and I use the word feel intentionally because I think um, event success is oftentimes a pretty subjective thing. As an attendee, maybe the fact that you met and an individual that you really wanted to meet made the event super successful because for you, it was impactful. Maybe you by listening to an, a truly inspiring speaker that caused you to think about your career differently. For you, it felt great and it was actually impactful because you're actually gonna look for another job now. For an organizer, impactful would mean that um, you delivered the ROI, it drove a meaningful change I use the word change a lot because I think you know to to make progress 
It is all about driving change. And maybe one example of an event that we ran ourselves. So in May 2020, um, as, as mentioned earlier, Visible was not a company that ran virtual events. And we decided that in order to lead, we, we need to lead by example, and we decided to run our own virtual event. We call that, you know, you can, it's funny to think about that, but in May 2020, we, we named the event almost in person. And it was one of the first industries virtual events um, in which people were not sure how to even go about it. And we honestly, we were not sure as well. So we just said, let's just run it to really understand the needs from the get-go. And we were able to bring um, 6,000 people from all around the world, from you know dozens of countries and so on. And that event actually drove such a meaningful pipeline for Visible and it became one of the most impactful things we've ever done. So when you think about, okay, what does it mean to move from good to great? Good would mean, yeah, attendees were happy and so on. Impactful mean that it really drove a change. I like that. I think that's a very practical way of thinking about it. And yeah, great can be a, a nice expression, but it, it it lacks meaning, right? And I think if you talk about impact, then you then you kind of can go back to, to the measuring of it, et cetera. Very interesting. Um, I'd, I'd like to talk a little bit about kind of current challenges. You've talked a little bit about where we are right now, um, and we've talked a little bit about sort of the things that you'd like to see change in the industry, but are you seeing any specific challenges up ahead? Uh, we're you know recording this in April 22. It is a very interesting time. We are uh, seeing events back to in-person or a lot of events back to in-person, a lot of events going hybrid, um, but there's still a lot of uncertainty in the air, right? So I guess what I'm asking is, can you help us decode a little bit that uncertainty about what, what are the challenges and, and where you might see the, the future? I, I think one, if you, uh, if you want to choose one word to describe the challenges is exactly the word you used, which is uncertainty. That uncertainty um, creates cr creates a very big planning challenge. And when you think about event professionals, if there is one thing they you you cannot take away from it is people want stability and they people want um, certainty around the future because events are complex. Anyone who would say otherwise. Is, does not understand events. Events are complex, mean, meaning that you need time to actually plan for those engaging, impactful experiences. And if you're not sure if your event will be in-person or virtual or hybrid and those restrictions and so on. So of course it uh, allows you or it limits you from thinking strategically about the long-term. And over the past uh, year, we saw a lot of uh, event organizers kind of like sitting on the fence and on a holding pattern to see what would happen. I'm not sure if that um, uncertainty would, would go away because I feel like we live in a world in which any day there could be a new wave, a new variant, and this is just becoming the new, the new normal. And this has implications about the importance of um, flexibility and choice. You know, two macro trends that we see in the workspace, but we see that in the event industry as well, that we need, as event professionals, we just need to be prepared and to not wait, to just understand that this is now the reality and you need to um, work on the flexibility muscle in how you plan and how you strategize on, on contingency planning and so on. And um, those who will be um, smart, and embrace the fact that this is the reality, in my mind will have a competitive edge over their competition that are waiting to see what would happen. There's no waiting, like this is already happening. And uh, you just need to have a hybrid event strategy. Again, I'm not talking about the format, I'm talking about the strategy being hybrid. The same uncertainty also leads to other challenges that I believe we, we, talk, we talked about and we are addressing in the book in what we call the event impact gap. That the data challenge, and we talked about a little bit, how do we actually bring all of those data points into the in-person world? 
audience engagement we saw over the past year, while you know event technology is working very hard to drive engagement, we did see, you know, what has been called a virtual event fatigue. That, that and these are are becoming a little bit tired, and you need new ways of engagement to have a, to have a chat is just not enough. This this is not engagement. We're working now on a, on a concept that we call ROA, like a return on attention, to try and really tackle that. Um, when you think about, you know, you, you spoke at many events and it is so, it can be so frustrating to speak into this black box and you cannot really feel the audience. Are, are they clapping? Are they, are they saying anything? Like you, you can see some of the chats, but it is not, you cannot compare that to a feeling of speaking in front of, a, in front of an audience. And I think, while we saw amazing advance, advancements around technology, I think the outcomes of the past two years in terms of technology investment is not something that we were seeing just yet. Again, now we're April 22, there were billions of dollars injected into video broadcasting event technology. Having said that, when you go now to an event or hybrid event tomorrow morning, to most people, it will feel, hmm, this feels exactly like it felt in 2019. I claim that most of that investment has not seen the day of life just yet. And the year in which you're going to see most of that investment come to life is actually 2023, 2024. To be able to understand all of that and to capture and to plan and to have that flexibility, start, it, it, it's a very big challenge. Um, so again, the event impact gap, we think about data, engagement, people, skills, how do I actually be ahead of, ahead of the development versus lagging? And the fourth one is, uh, again, just technology. Like Not all of the technology is there just yet. And to put your hand around all of those new things is actually very difficult. So some of the challenges are, in my mind, are not what will happen with the metaverse or with crypto. It's more like tangible stuff on how to actually be successful in this new hybrid world that there is uncertainty. I do not have all of the tools. And how do I just become focused to drive impactful events tomorrow morning, not, not in five years? Love that. Love that kind of, um, and thank you for being so honest and direct. I think that there's a lot of, lot of truth there. Um, last question I have for you uh, around this topic and probably to, to kind of conclude you're saying that you know technology is we're not quite evolving where we think we we, we should be or where you know the investments would sort of uh, like to, to see that or, or expect that to be um the development so if you could kind of paint a picture for us of what's that event in 2023 or 2024 once the technology really really works you really make it work you really make it all come together can you uh, paint a picture for us of what that looks like uh, through audio, which I think is, is kind of an interesting challenge, uh, but <laughs> in terms of what is different, right? What is different in an event of the future in your view? I'll, uh, I'll do my best. Um, I think which again, my thoughts are also reflected in, in the strategy that, that we take as an organization and which we really pivoted from, again, being a, another um, solution to being an event experience operating system. And I, I think you hearing me speak about what, how we think about experiences and how we think about flexibility and choice in an uncertain world, I think some of the dots will start connecting about Okay, like an operating system in which you can build upon many types of experiences and you're going to have the tools to really personalize the event format, personalize the experience and really create a Netflix-like experience in which a 5,000 people event will really feel like 5,000 different attendee experiences because the content experience will be personalized to you. The people experience would be personalized to you, the exhibitor interaction, the recommendations. So I do think with available technologies like AI, like extreme customization that 
is now available because of the digital experience of an event. With smart wearables that we talked about that will, will really allow attendees to move from a virtual participation, and I'm not saying attendance, I'm saying participation because that is also a very intentional thing. We want to move people from, from attending to participating. You can sit in the in, in one session, but actually participate in another session. Because again, it is your it is your journey. It is not um, us bucketing you in four tracks, and then we say it's personalized, but you actually just need to choose one of out of four tracks. So I think we're going to see um, huge innovation and advancements around personalization. Personalization not only for attendees, but personalizations also for the organizers. Meaning you're going to have the tools to manage the fact that the world is uncertain. That flexibility will actually become um, your competitive edge. That it doesn't matter if an event was canceled, it will it, it will never be a you know a great thing. It will always create some friction, but it will not be a drama. It will just be okay. We're moving from plan A to plan B. And we have all of that ready to go and the friction would not be high. So again, to your, to your question, I think you know, there will be more tools to prove ROI, which will result in budget increases actually around events because suddenly you'll be able to prove the ROI way more than in the past. And if you're able to prove it, you're gonna get more budget and events will become even more important and impactful within an organization. Because of that, event teams will really be experienced experts and in my mind will take a more meaningful role in marketing teams and in leadership roles. And overall, just in terms of the conversation, there will be like a big shift from uh, management to, to experience. And a hybrid event, or I'll rephrase, people will understand that hybrid is a spectrum. It is not an event format. You could have an event that only a panel would be hybrid or only two activations throughout the event are hybrid. And no one will actually try to force the entire event to be hybrid because when you think about personalization, there will be virtual attendees who are not interested in speaking or interacting with anyone on site. And there will be people on site who are not interested in speaking or engaging with people remotely. So to provide the tools to offer a personalized journey with a lot of flexibility is the future in my mind. I think you made some great points there. Um, just wanted to pick out the ROI point. You you mentioned that, and I think um, it's it's an excellent point. As if you when you can prove the ROI of events, then you it's natural that you will get more budget, or that you can justify the budget. Are, are we there yet in terms of? Um, Doing that, you know, do we have the tools, and is it just a um, a matter of the company or the organizer wanting to measure and track the ROI, or are we still waiting for the technology, or still there's still developments that need to happen to make that efficient? I think we are well there yet. When you speak to the more advanced event organizers, they do know to track ROI very, very well. Having said that, I do think there is a lot of work to do to make it more accessible and to make it easier to integrate, to track, and then to gain the required insights. So it is a, it is a process, but having said that, there are some amazing organizations that are doing a very, very good job in tracking and proving and then taking action on uh, event ROI. So I know it has been a conversation for many, many years. Usually it means that it's not that easy if it has been a, a pain for many years, but uh, I do believe we are there. And I think that over the next um, few years, we're gonna see major advance, advancements in terms of one, understanding what does that mean, asking the right questions, um, proving value and also getting to a more granular understanding of ROI. So it is not just, you invested X and you got Y out of it. That is just a basic layer, but ROI on the session level to prove the impact on other 
businesses to see that in a segmented manner and and so on, so on. So otherwise, maybe one word about it. We can really break it into many, many um, small data points to help you then take business decisions. I assume that technology is part of making that easier, right? But is this something that is going to require a substantial kind of new book or a substantial amount of education for people to really be used that? Or do you believe that technology can simplify it in a way that, that is almost kind of instant or, or much easier so that more organizations can really track it and, and improve the ROI? I think again, ROI is a very subjective thing. Some event organizers run events in order to drive pipeline, other to drive brand, and that they want their brand to then impact another um, key result or KPI. So I think it is a very subjective thing. And I think with more education and more training and to make that a conversation, people will know to ask the right questions. Technology is, again, a mean to get to a goal. But we're going to see that event professionals will know how to ask the right questions, will know how to, um, what, what is ROI for them. And then technology will be the enabler to do that. And that enablement will be easier and easier over time. Yeah, I think that goes very well hand in hand with your vision for the future of events and when technology really can, can take us to that next stage. So I uh, really appreciate your insights and, uh, and thank you for sharing all this with us. Um, I wanted to conclude on the question that we ask all our guests, and hopefully I'm not catching you off guard, but we always uh, try to get a recommendation for somebody else who should be on the podcast, who should be a guest with us. I'd love to um, hear uh, who you would have in mind um, to be a guest on the podcast. Um, no, there are um, so many amazing names. I, uh, while I don't have the particular name, although I promise I can find it, um, I, I would. Um, I do think that um, finding the right person uh, who's running either Dreamforce or Inbound by HubSpot, I think those two event teams are doing such an amazing job and are really stretching the limits and um, thinking about the future. And I think either, so you ask for one recommendation, I gave you two. So I think, you know, the Salesforce Dreamforce team and the HubSpot Inbound team uh, are two amazing event teams that, in my mind, can really inspire and share best practices on on the future and cracking hybrid and so on. So they're leading the way for for what you think or what you can see other events really doing well in the future. They are. They are. Alan, thank you so much for, for being with us today. I appreciate your time and uh, the conversation was very interesting and uh, lots to digest there. So I hope our listeners enjoy that as much as I did. So really appreciate your time with us today. Thank you so much for the invitation, Miguel, and uh, keep up uh, the great work. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Event Manager Podcast. Please subscribe and rate the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. For the latest news and the best articles on technology and innovation in the event industry, head over to eventmb.com.